The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanier with Jim Cramer, David Faber, live in separate locations this morning. Some lingering weakness in futures today. Uh, coming off the worst day in two weeks as the U.S. posts a record for new cases in a single day. Worries the economic reopening is threatened. Jobless claims down slightly, 1.48 million. Oil's near 37 on pace for a third day down. Jim, it was nice to hear Becky give you some props for the caution you've uh, telegraphed in the last couple of days, although watching your Twitter feed, it sounds like you're on alert, at least for some buying opportunity at month end. Well, I think you have to be uh, cognizant of the fact that the two days before July 4th for the holiday are the two probably most strong days in, uh, in the entire year. I do think that there's uh, still too much froth. I still think that there are a lot of stocks that have run very big. You can watch NVIDIA today. There's a love affair with NVIDIA with the analysts that includes uh, me, and that's the stock to key on. If David were to ask me the key to this market, because that one's got to go up. The, the love for NVIDIA is so strong that you have to say, okay, that is your, that's your bell cow here. Uh, but I do think, again, that uh, and David, you've seen it, there's that cohort of people who keep coming back to the airlines, keep coming back to the cruises, keep coming back to the tankers, and those are the weakest part of the economy. Um, they, it is, and for a reason, and you know the reason. I mean, look at the map, right? That's it's, really what you got to do at this point, I think. Look at the map, Jim. We've been talking about it for weeks now. It's not as though this is news that cases no. have been going up in certain states. But now we've gotten to a level where it's gotten everybody's attention. And, of course, it is worrisome. Thankfully, the death rate has been lower. Uh, we can only hope that that continues. But hospitalizations up, new cases up dramatically, and percentage of those tested who are positive up dramatically as well, Jim. Right. I don't know what that says for future air travel, but it can't be good or for vacations or for openings of parks like Disneyland, which obviously has been pushed back as a result of California regulators right. more than anything else. But you do wonder whether we're going to see some roll-on effects here. I mean, well, how do you open parks in Florida? It's back to the stay-at-home trade. I mean, that's what we didn't expect. We didn't expect that it. it's back to people uh, working at <laughs> home, uh, having fun at home, hopefully. Uh, there's a, We had a great number from McCormick today. I don't know whether it was as great as what people were expecting. There was an interesting a very interesting discussion, KB Holmes and Cops Call, that I'd love people to read, which talks about what's really going on. And I think what's important is, like, the analysts are all really bulled up because rates are down. And at one point, the company says, but you know what? You have to have a job. You can't buy a house without a job. The $600 doesn't do it. The $1,200 doesn't do it. And that's the way I, I uh, read the thing. And so there are uh, people are, are, who have aggressively moved into the America Awakens trade, 
I think are should await to what doctor, you have to get up pretty early to what Dr. Gottlieb said, which is he's going to be difficult now to get this thing under control. It reads like a science fiction. That's the line that we heard in the stand. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get under control. That was the president talking. In, in, that's a fiction. It's a fiction. But it's, it's great Stephen King book. Yeah. But the, Scott Lieb is reading a lot like King. Yeah. Except in that in that novel, there was actual direction from the federal government where really there's a lack thereof. Well, there was a plan. It, it it's every work. state for themselves. There's right. Well, there, yeah. But now it's just the silence is deafening. Well, David, you know what they did in that? Remember, they closed off the Lincoln Tunnel. And remember what it did? Nothing in the stand. Now, New York and Connecticut and New Jersey are trying to close off things. Uh, and I don't know. I had the governor of Rhode Island on yesterday. Remember, they put the National Guard out there. I mean, this is an incredible story where it's, it's state against state. I, I actually haven't seen it since, uh, I don't know, was that like 1861? That caused silence. That was the Civil War. That was not a good period. No, no, um, no. The states uh, that are the states that were uh, that the tri-state area are limiting uh, travel from in terms of quarantine: Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, North Carolina. Interesting. California is not on that list, Jim. Uh, given the problems uh, they've got in terms of surge records, of course, and in, as David mentioned, the pressure on uh, on Disney out west. We'll see what right. it means for. Uh, Walt Disney World, Nevada, of course, uh, now mandating masks. Caesars doing a U-turn on that as well. So uh, we're seeing pockets of reversal. Kudlow's on the tape right now. Uh, says he sees unemployment sub 10 by year end. Sub 10. Uh, but says that hotspots will lead to shutdowns in certain areas. Even though he says the economy at large will not be closed down again. Well, I think that one of the problems is is we were having a nice kind of gradual return in people flying and now we've slipped right back into the uh i don't know i mean do i want a texan next to me do i want an alabama next to me of course they didn't want a new yorker next to them not that long ago but phil lebeau unbelievable uh interview of course because he's just so wants a spot on with airbus where the head of airbus america is talking about once again the tentative thing hey you know what you can wear masks i mean i don't want to hear you can wear masks i i have gotten sick okay I, I went in december uh to uh, the uh, to an island, and I came back. I had a person next to me who was sick, uh, and I had a mask on because I had this premonition that things were going to go wrong. And I still got incredibly sick. But if, if she had had a mask on, maybe I would have been healthy. I wrecked the rest of my vacation. I, I just think people have to understand that you, if you're going to be, well, here's what the airline people always say: Hey, listen, same thing in buildings. Well, I can tell you, in a building, you can go outside, it, it, other than once in a really good twilight zone. Did I ever see anybody go outside? <laughs> Rod Sterling. Uh, well, mask wearing, mask wearing certainly seems to be at the center of, uh, of a lot of controversy in the country right. and perhaps one of the reasons why we've seen this surge in Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, Montana, Idaho, Washington, um, and, uh, and a number of other states that we've been talking about, um, you know, along with any number of other things, guys. But, uh, Jim, does it mean... To your point, back to that stay-at-home trade, oh, back to yes. that index that you created a couple I'm, I'm, of months it's ago, the, it's the, or, it's the Kramer or is it just generally bad? Kramer COVID-19 yeah. Peloton, David. We had a guy who upgraded a positive thing on Peloton today. Peloton has become, it, it, it's kind of like the MacGuffin in Hitchcock. I mean, it's like, hey, when you 
it's the one you, everyone seems to be after, but are they really after Peloton at this point? But yes, it's the it's back to the COVID Kramer index or the Kramer COVID index. And one of the things that I've got to tell you, that means you're talking about the Octas and the Z scalers, David, and the Zendesk. I'm talking about Ring Central, David. How can I help you? That's where we're going. You know Ring Central. That's I do. I know Ring Central. I know a lot of these names now as a result of your focusing on no, them endless for good flogging. reason. Endless um, flogging of. Look at that C scaler, right, huh? Right. Do you, How about Fastly? You into do Fastly? They, Are uh, you so well, you know, Fastly's yeah, Fastly's doing better than Zoom, right? Or at least growing faster, I guess. That's what's Edge thrown in there. Dave. You tell me. I'm gonna date As I look you. at Zoom with a $72 billion market value. So yeah. up from the last time I mentioned it a couple of days ago. Davey, Fastly looks good here. That's like, you know, it's like, it's like a horse race, you know? Well, it is mm-hmm. blue horseship in that sense. Look at Zoom, will you? I mean, that's K2. That ain't yeah. Everest. That's K2. But one, a tougher climb, by yeah, the way. That's... Just, you know. <laughs> that, right. That is a very... Davey, uh, yeah, there's Fastly. What is it? Davy Fastly doesn't. Day oh, Research Global. How do we describe you? Is that is this one of his names? Are we talking about that no, guy? No, no, he's still Can't in American Airlines. Can we just do a show about that the, guy? No, he's still. We're talking no. about Dave Portnoy. He's in a lot of those uh, uh, situations that are not necessarily as well capitalized or, or in the balance sheet that you may approve of, Dave. Got it. Got it. Carl, um, the, well, pe- Carl, the things you know, people are buying. I mean, honestly, Carnival. Yeah, that's a blue chip. Where's Carl? Guys, to help is us he get a handle on where is. we are in terms of new cases, hospitalization, positivity. Let's bring in our Meg Terrell this morning. Morning, Meg. Good morning, Carl. Let's just look at the numbers hitting a record in the United States in new daily cases yesterday. Uh, anywhere from between 37,000 or 45,000, depending on which data source you use. Evercore ISI puts yesterday's at 38,000. So that continued uptick in the new cases. And of course, the positive rate of tests also rising for more than a week and a half. Yesterday, it was 6.7%. So that indicates, of course, it's not just increased testing contributing to this. In multiple states reporting new daily highs in case numbers yesterday from California, reporting more than 7,000. Texas and Florida as well. Arizona uh, is now seeing testing capacity under strain and hospitalizations, as you can see here, are continuing to rise. Houston in particular calling out uh, its ICU capacity really coming under strain. Uh, Last night, Houston's health authority was on the 7 o'clock show with Scott Wapner, who asked him if they should put uh, their reopening on pause or even reverse uh, back to shutdowns. Here's what he told Scott. There are consequences, not only economic, but there's also healthcare consequences to that, too. So I try to tell people we are no longer at a point where we can eliminate the risk. We now need to think about managing the risk. So not looking at going back to those shutdowns. And this is what we're seeing around the country, guys. If you look here, it's mainly states putting their reopenings on hold rather than actually reversing uh, course. Uh, Either states or various counties taking these actions. There is one county that encapsulates Boise, Idaho, that is going in reverse. They told bars and nightclubs that they had to shut down again after a concerning surge in cases. They'd been open for just a month. But really, guys, right now what we're seeing is a pause even as public health experts say some places might need to consider going back to those more stringent mitigation steps. Back over to you. Hey, Meg, uh, yesterday Goldman uh, put out a note 
that said they think the line at which states would be under pressure to reverse the reopening process would be about 20 percent, or hospital capacity below 20 percent. Is there, is that sort of the general uh, Maginot line that you're hearing? Um, you know, there are a few uh, gauges that you can use. You know, if you look at the guidelines put out by the federal government and the CDC's guidance on those guidelines, uh, you know, if trends just start going in the wrong direction, um, they've been saying you can move between the gating uh, stages if your trends are going in the right direction for two weeks. And the CDC says municipalities should act swiftly if they see those trends reverse. And that's not what we're seeing. So, uh, perhaps that 20% hospital capacity is a good threshold to use, and we are seeing many places uh, with less than that available right now. Yeah, yeah, they do point out Alabama, Maryland, uh, 23% of ICU beds available, uh, 25 in Arizona, so we'll watch all of that. Meg, we'll talk to you in a little while. Uh, thanks, Meg Terrell. When we come back this morning, we'll get to some of the calls that uh, Jim and David were just mentioning. A new initiation on Peloton, got a downgrade of Boeing, a uh, new street high on NVIDIA, and a lot more when Squawk in the Street continues. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. What a morning it's been already for data, claims, durables, Q1 GDP. Let's get to our Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. And the most interesting aspect of what you just brought up, we had lots of data points and especially durable goods, quite powerful. We can argue on initial and continuing claims. Under 20 million is a positive on continuing. We could argue whether initial claims was a disappointment based on expectations. But the point is, is that interest rates continue to be soft. And the intraday of 10 shows that all of those data, the litany of data, didn't really change that dynamic. Open the chart up for 10s to a two-week chart, and you can see how we've given up all these recent gains, even though they've been small gains. But many, like myself, look at rises in yield at a time where there's so many questions regarding the economy as a positive. And they get, as they get soft, especially under the conditions of kind of a messy equity market of late, it isn't really depicting a future that's good news. And that's the way to read the treasuries currently. And it's not only that. If you look at short maturities, especially threes, fives, and sevens, they're within two basis points of their all-time low yield closes, which is really amazing. Uh, you have to go out to the tenure to find anything left on the bone, and we're only about a dozen basis points above the all-time low yield close in tens. And on 30s, well, what a difference uh, uh, the longer maturity makes. 99 is the low basis point close for a 30. They're currently hovering around, what, 140? So there's some distance there, which is why investors globally like that maturity. Uh, you can see on the year-to-date sevens what I'm talking about, how close it is to the all-time low yield close, which is around 47 basis points. And finally, let's look at a three-day of the dollar index. This is still uh, obviously nowhere near where it was when it was over 100, but we have rallied one cent off the test on Tuesday of unchanged on the year at 96.40, and that is a positive development. But it's a positive development in the dollar during periods of volatility in equities. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. 
Rick, thank you. Rick Santelli. Uh, we want to take a look at Disney now. Mention it briefly in the opening block of the show, of course, the decision by the company to postpone the opening of its Disneyland park, saying uh, that the state of California has now indicated it will not issue theme park reopening guidelines until sometime after July 4th. And given the time required for us to bring thousands of cast members back to work and restart our business, we have no choice but to delay the reopening of our theme parks and resort hotels until we receive approval from government officials. Of course, when it comes to uh, to Disney overall, theme parks, as we have pointed out many times, are very important. It is going to be a rocky opening, no doubt, one way or the other. You've also got production of movies that has been in a hiatus, questions about theatrical releases of movies, given where uh, we are right now in terms of attendance at movie theaters. Questions about sports programming, ESPN. Don't forget, media networks still a very important component overall of operating income, as, of course, is parks, experiences, and products. The studio, even though we've talked so often, Jim, about direct-to-consumer Disney+, Plus, what a success it's been, and there's no doubt about that, its contribution to operating income is still going to be quite small while its revenue number keeps going up because they're spending so much on it. And you're talking about a company that has added a lot of debt to its balance sheet. And so you could even see it tip into, oh, a four and a half to as much as five times leverage ratio, which could scare off some investors as well. Yeah, I mean, it's very well run financially and they did tap the market a couple of times. But David, I think that one of the uh, undercurrents of this era when you get off the desk and talk to people is uh, there's a, uh, a disbelief that what all these different commissioners and owners are telling us about sports. Uh, and Disney needs sports. It, it's very, very important. When someone says, uh, you know what, we're going to put all the players in a bubble in Florida. Uh, well, remember, it's not just the players. You need the whole staff. Now, if you're, if you're going to put football in a bubble, uh, you're talking about thousands of people have to be put in a bubble. And what are you going to put, put them on some sort of island? So uh, I think that right. Disney it, it needs professional sports. But the, the number of people who have come down with COVID, I mean, maybe – uh, maybe it won't matter by then. It'll be a 15-day DL COVID list. But holy cow, I don't want to be Disney if it comes. My chapel trust has done this forever, taking a beating here. But I, I, I think that Disney has to be sweating all these COVID announcements versus uh, the, the confidence that the owners are expressing. It's all systems go for all sports. Yeah, I don't even know where we are in all sports, Carl. I can't quite get it all together. I mean, the NBA, the Major League Baseball, very much unclear. Hockey, obviously not as widely viewed, at least on national television. Uh, and then the NFL, of course, as Jim brings up, is the biggest one and most important one from that perspective, from so many perspectives. But, you know, we'd hope to have some clarity heading into July. We're not that far away at this point, And still, really, we, we're lacking it in, in terms of a schedule and when everything's fully going to restart, if it will. We need herd immunity. Uh, indeed. I mean, look at what they're, right. looking what they're doing with the Hall of Fame game, uh, Jim. That's an adjustment. Uh, Djokovic this week testing positive. And then, of course, this journal story about uh, whether or not Disney's considering delaying Mulan, which was going to be a big pivot back into theatrical distribution and yes. if, if and when that can happen. Yes. Yeah, well, the reason I got more cautious was because these are all what they're all the piece. They're the reopen trade that I thought could occur. I, I listened to baseball, the minions of baseball. I thought for sure maybe they had something cooking. Uh, Adam Aaron oh, switching and putting face masks on. I thought people would go to the movies, everybody had face masks. We had some pretty good uh, travel numbers versus uh, the week before. And now every one of those things is kind of reversed and, you can't, I don't know how you can be as bullish 
if you uh, lose this, the America Awakens trade as we were before, and we're back in the stay-at-home trade, which is, you know, frankly, if, look, there's $20 trillion that does well in stay-at-home, but there's about $30 trillion that does well if we awaken. And I don't feel very, I mean, I've been up since 3 o'clock, but I don't feel very awakened. Tim, we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the opening bell. Uh, corporate layoffs this morning announced over at Macy's. We'll get to some of Darden's numbers. Jim referenced KBH last night. A lot more when we continue as futures are off the session lows. We're back in a minute. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. Time for a mad dash. It's market cap is night. Not quite in the trillion dollar club, given it has not performed as well as Apple, Facebook or Amazon. Alphabet is yes. the mad dash. Uh, this morning, Baird comes out, tweaks estimates, uh, says, look, we're at the uh, trough in spend. And it's obviously true that there's tra- a lot of travel spend that goes to Alphabet and that's been weak travel leisure. But they're saying, listen, it's time. And I think this is a very important call because right now, we have to revert to what got us to these levels if we're going to keep going higher. That's Apple, where we got, a, we got another uh, estimate tweak up. Uh, Facebook, where Baird gave us something very, very positive. No one said anything about Amazon. But Alphabet's been the liar. And this is the one. This is the one that must hold its kind of brave heart, David. Did you see, I think, it was it Ruth Porat who got added to, uh, what was it the Blackstone uh, board, Jim? Blackstone board, yeah. Ruth? Yeah. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Really? That's a very, that's a very good I mentioned, good of course, it's a very good board. CFO very, of, very rarely of, you look at a, of Alphabet. a board and say, holy cow, that board is really filled with, with power, powerfully smart people. And uh, congratulations to right. Ruth. Ruth is the CFO. Who now, is, Jim, uh, on, 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 on uh, Alphabet, along with Facebook, I mean, early in the pandemic, there was a concern that small businesses medium-sized businesses that are significant advertisers on the, on the Alphabet, on the Google search platform, would not be there. Uh, but the last conference calls, the only earnings we've got so far during this period, indicated things were starting to come back. Is that still a concern as we watch the pandemic kind of spring it, up it again in a significant way around the country? These are omnichannel, David. This is the Shopify trade. Uh, this is a belief. These mm-hmm. are companies that if they don't have this channel, 
uh, they can't survive to have this channel. You need to go to Facebook. You have to go to those Facebook shops. You have to go uh, use uh, Alphabet aggressively. Uh, you cannot make it without that channel. That channel is too important. That's another big change that's happened in the stay-at-home economy. Uh, you, if you're in retail, you must find another way to get your wares. If you are in restaurants, you've got to get you have to get a grub up. So these are all part of the changes that actually this is very good news. This uh, look, there's no good news about a pandemic getting worse, but the stocks that do better would be Google and Facebook because of the small to medium sized business that is, David, the backbone of our country. You know that. Yes, I do. And they are more and more reliant, as you say, on on the digital delivery of their services, Jim. That's an important thing. And something that we're going to see coming out of this that has changed dramatically for many of these businesses as well. Because right, if they want to stay in business, that's what they got to do. When I mention the Z-Scale, look, I don't want to be too glib about it. When you work at home, you open up an incredible portal for the bad guys. And that's why all these cybersecurity companies do as well. There's the opening bell, guys, uh, as we uh, look for the market to trade. Maybe a little bit better than early uh, overnight futures might have suggested. Jim, you mentioned Facebook and Alphabet. Uh, Baird today raises targets on both on what they're calling a gradual recovery in uh, digital ads. Colin Sebastian says that uh, travel uh, might be an overhang for Alphabet in particular, but that the second quarter was likely the bottom overall. I thought that was a great piece, uh, the two Baird pieces, and I think they can be uh, again, they, they can be the, uh, a change in NASDAQ will be led by the, those those two pieces, a, a continuing recognition that Apple's service stream is rather dramatic. Uh, Microsoft switched directions for a couple of days, but it's ready to go up. Those are the stocks that work because we are back in the stay at home. Uh, now, there's a lot of like I said, a lot of the market does not work with stay at home, particularly anything related to travel and leisure. But it, it is you know, look, you can buy the food stocks again. I, I know what's a it's a boring, boring method of investing, but the food stocks work. And I, look, I saw an Apple 400 price target today. I'm not even going to disagree with it. I'm not going to disagree with it because the service stream is, uh, is so unbelievable when you're staying at home with, with not a lot to do. This is also a great Netflix trade. Uh, it's a Spotify trade, too. Well, you're talking about Webbush, but... Uh it's a bull case 500, not, not, not 500. just the, not just the, the yeah, oh, uh, on, on a bull case level. You're, trillion yeah. here, trillion there, right, Carl? They're looking know, for right? $2 trillion. Right. So, look, I mean, these can send up the semiconductors. I think that what pe- the people, people who despise the narrowness of the big five, uh, I think that they, are, they should go today uh, and watch uh, golf because this is a big five day. With all its accoutrements, <laughs> including the semis and Zoom video. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Nvidia is up one and a half percent. Nvidia. Yes. I can champion my own stocks, right? I mean, hey, we know that there's people who are against Nvidia, and I'm going to attack them. It's a- um, and we got a number of stocks in the green this morning. It is not a uh, a washout as as yesterday was. I'm what? Oh, man, this T-Mobile, amazing. Up oh at my, they priced that deal share. to move. Man, 103, 21 billion in stock. We've heard from SoftBank as well, guys, as you know. Masa stepping off the board of Alibaba. They still own 25% of it. It's still the greatest single investment probably ever made. 
Uh, and of course, still accounts for a huge amount of SoftBank's overall value. But he is stepping off the board of Alibaba, just as Jack Ma stepped off the board of, uh, of SoftBank as well. Um, there's a look at Masa, who said, hey, we're not done yet. He used a different word for it. But, you know, we're not what you think we are at SoftBank. And they did make money from the Sprint deal back to T-Mobile and that huge sale of their stock there. Um, they still own about eight or so percent of the of the company. But they ended up making a real return after years of struggling, uh, trying to sort of make a go of it as the fourth carrier, finally getting the deal that they always thought they'd be able to. But years after the fact, and finally getting it done years after it was announced. And yet they did come out uh, with a what he says, a 25 percent uh, IRR. So most people will take that. As for the Vision Fund, eh, they're not looking quite as good on that one, guys. I have to tell you that when they price these big secondaries, you've got to be there. I mean, think about it. The Regeneron secondary was a gift. The uh, BlackRock with uh, PNC gift. This was just unbelievable. This thing was up. It was priced at 103. It was it was up from the very beginning of, remember, one of the worst days of the year. Uh, I want to thank you to the syndicate yeah. desk for actually letting people make some money. They are usually not that inclined, but they've been very nice so far. The yeah, they have. People. And we've got more coming. We've what? got more coming, guys. We've we talked some about Chinese it. It's deals been the next story week, of Wall Street this quarter. We, uh, in terms of debt, uh, debt capital markets, but also equity capital markets. PG&E, as it emerges from bankruptcy, uh, going to be doing that $4 billion deal. I think that's getting priced tonight for tomorrow. Now, remember, you had a bunch of very well-heeled investors, Appaloosa, a whole bunch that came in in a private placement for $3.5 billion very recently at $10.50. That made a lot of people feel good. Yeah. Now you're going to have the $4 billion in common sold. And, of course, the stock is well below ten fifty. Where they we'll see that? how that does. I don't know. Hey, and, then, and then Jim Albertson's. Oh, my, Albertsons, that's going to come in. Also third time start, might be a yeah, charm, David. They've cut back that debt substantially. Maybe. And it's, it's a great time to be a grocer, right? I, I mean, that, uh, that's what seemed to be the case. Kroger had great numbers. These guys had great numbers. We profiled it last night. It's not as good. You know, look, we're not in the high-quality phase because that deal's failed twice. But, well, well, one time they pulled it back. But I would say this, that uh, if they price it between 24 and 25, it's going to be okay. Albertsons? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a big, and that's a big offering. It's not, oh, it's gigantic. It's not a small change. It's one of the biggest we've seen. Yeah. They, oh, my God, Carl. I'm worried here. Peloton is down. Now, what? <laughs> how long? I mean, it, 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 that, it, that will not stand. Peloton. Yeah. yeah, we've been talking about it all week about this time. It was Stiefel first. Then it was Cowan. Uh, today, it's Ray J. Initiate outperform. Uh, not a street high. They're looking at 65, Jim, but they are talking about not just the market accelerating because of COVID, but lower customer acquisition costs right. and lower churn. As people maybe get it into their head that the gym is not going to open anytime soon. You saw New York uh, delaying the reopening of gyms and malls and movie yeah. theaters. I mean, this is a soul cycle flywheel trade. And uh, what people keep saying to me about Peloton is, Jim, it's actually technology. It's not a bike. Uh, I think that that a lot of people are liking the ecosystem. These are all the total addressable market. These are all the things when when you want a stock to run, you use all of those terms. And then you say it's also got a SaaS model and their go to market is absolutely terrific. <laughs> and it's hard to get the product. There, there it is. Right. Did I give you every buzzword we need right now to get that one going? 
You did. You did. I right. like the SaaS model. You got to have a SaaS model. It's yeah. a SaaS model. It's very important. Um, yeah, how gyms are going to open is really going to be tough, guys. Uh, Plexiglass. You know, I know That's there's the not that word. many publicly this, David, traded ways. This is the graduate. Yeah, but this showers, is the graduate showers are an issue. Plexiglass. Apparently, the virus hangs in the air in a humid environment, so showers can be an issue. Changing rooms and lockers. I mean, the idea of these gyms, gym, is to bring together as many people as you can, right? That's how you maximize it. And it would seem you need to go the opposite direction, not to mention spend a lot more money on constantly cleaning. It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be difficult. No, this is the Clorox trade again, which is just an unstoppable. But I agree with you. I mean, uh, it may not be enough to do, to do plexiglass. I mean, Planet Fitness has got a game plan. People do want to work out. And Peloton really is the way to do it, unless you want to go outside Nike reports tonight. Let's see what happens there. Uh, there's 17 analysts on that one, and four of them have come out this week saying you must buy Nike ahead of the quarter. Uh, but there is there, – I have Brunswick on tonight. That's something you can mm-hmm. do. You can go on a boat. That's a way to get – you don't get exercise, but at least you kind of feel like you're the USS Minnow. Go out for a oh, long just time. Good, good luck trying not? to get a boat these yeah. days. Oh my, you can't, Jim. You know, speaking speaking of retail, uh, we, we mentioned Macy's cutting 3,900 corporate and uh, management roles. Uh, Gannett says we know we will be a smaller company for the foreseeable future, and we got L Brands and Gap and PVH all uh, leading the S and P lower today. Yeah, Gap stores have been pushed earlier as a breakup play earlier this week. Uh, L Brands is a breakup breakup play. Uh, how many people in management does Macy's have? I mean, it seems like every day for, I mean, for the last few months, they've been firing people at the corporate level. I mean, I think you need people on the floor and people in technology. I, uh, I think that there's wow. obviously too much in corporate at Macy's because, uh, well, and there's that many people that can go. It, it's, it's questionable how yeah. bloated that company is. Uh, well, they say here they're taking the action to align their cost base with their anticipated lower sales. It's cash, You know, to cash. that point, Jim, this idea... This idea somehow that there's going to be a lot of value in this empty space so that you could monetize your real estate. I mean, really? Who's buying it and for what purpose are they going to actually remake it? David, that's an existential question that you're asking. And for that, I have to go to, to Sard or Camus. Those are not stocks. <laughs> okay. Some guys would immediately start trading Sard. I think it's a four-letter term, S-A-R-T, Kramer recommending that. But no, it's actually R-E in the end. French. That's right, S A T R E. Yes, yeah. as we well know. And Camus um, is Camus. Guys, the story. Yes, right. I like. Oh, you had some of that. I remember you had some of that. That was we good. Cle- we got One it all from Boston down yeah. to Baltimore. Oh, we took man. every bottle of Camus. Mm. Those speaking. were the days. Remember, we used to be able to get together and actually have a party. It was this thing called, you know, you'd bring all these people together to celebrate. And Carl, was the last time you dance? Was the last time you were happy? My um, surprise fifty uh, fifth birthday. I, you always say this. You always say this. The last, the last day any of us were happy was when we were celebrating your birthday. Well, it looks like some people are happy going to Olive Garden because look at that Darden up three dollars. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, so DRI is higher. All narrower than expected loss, but some of these comps, Jim, Olive Garden down 39, Capital uh, Grill down 62, and the current quarter uh, is still on pace for a 33% decline. Yeah, I mean, people are just happy to see that they're getting customers, and uh, I, I go back to Chipotle and think how great Chipotle's numbers are right now, because they've got the Chipotle lanes. You have to go to a Darden, you have to go inside Olive Garden. It is, I think what people are excited about is the fact that the customers are coming. 
and people are willing to eat inside. I come back to McCormick and say that what people still want to do with that stock up beta. Boy, I wish Lawrence were on the show today. That would have been a good idea to have Lawrence Kersius on. Uh, the stock is exploding higher, up eight. Clorox, yeah. Spice. This is this is the uh, stay-at-home trade writ large. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, guys, uh, Spotify's trading near some record highs, up more than 75% in just two months. We'll talk to Don Ostroff, an executive with that company, when we come back after the break. Stay with us. People, stop what you're doing and listen to this. We're talking about Spotify. This thing is on a run. It has doubled, doubled since bottoming back in February. The company quickly became the go-to platform for audio streaming. And with us now is someone very special who knows so much about content, Spotify's chief content officer, Dawn Ostrop. Dawn, thank you so much for, for coming on Squawk on the Street. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right, so I got to ask the obvious because uh, it's uh, when you started doing the podcast thing, I said this is brilliant, and I immediately was told, "You idiot! Podcasts don't it doesn't work. It's not big. You forget it. It's about music." But Dawn, I was betting on you. How did you know that podcasts would be huge? Well, it's interesting because when you look at the growth of the medium, it's hard to deny. And not only is it growing so rapidly, it's the fastest growing medium right now. And when you look at the median age of who's listening to podcasts, you'll see that it's the youth, uh, the young generations that are really driving this trend. So the median age, as an example on our platform, is 26 years old. But what we know is that where the young people go, the older generations follow. And we've seen it time and time again. So we are seeing significant growth. Um, and in the U.S., as an example, 88 million people were listening to podcasts in 2019. And its trajectory is to um, have 160 million listeners in just the next few years. So that's just in the U.S. alone. And podcast is really a global medium. Well, I, we've had Dan Leck on several times, and I, he is, I think, one of the most brilliant uh, people around. But he, he is very data driven. When you pick a Joe Rogan uh, and you pay him a lot of money, I, I think you, you uh, seem to have an ability to recognize how much someone is worth because the stock spiked when you did that deal. How do you artificial using is it artificial intelligence that you know who is going to pop? Well, in Joe's case, he's been the number one or number two podcaster for quite some time. And he has millions of very passionate and loyal fans who we believe will follow him onto the platform. And Joe Rogan does not, is not on Spotify right now, but yet he's the most searched podcast that we have. So we were able to really say, OK, if he's the most searched podcast on our platform, we know that he has millions of very loyal fans that we believe will follow him on. And he is the most profitable podcast at this, at this moment in time. So for us, it was an easy business decision. Well, one other, uh, before I give it up to my colleagues who also I know want to speak to you, but uh, sometimes I struggle to see what I can do or watch or listen to with my 28 uh, to be 29 year old. And what we do is we do true crime. We do People who have been convicted wrongly. Somehow it just it resonates with us. It obviously resonates with your listeners. Well, true crime is actually the largest genre in podcasting. So you're not alone. Um, and what we see is that true crime tends to be a gateway genre, which means 
we wind up seeing people come into podcasting through true crime, and then they migrate and try other types of podcasts and other types of genres. So it's a great way to bring people in and people get addicted to these, to these true crime uh, podcast series. We actually acquired a company called Parcast about a year and a half ago, which is the leading producer of true crime genre. And their numbers have tripled since we bought them uh, on, on the platform. So we do know that true crime is still growing and it, there's a lot of room for innovation in that, in that genre space. So you're not alone. And I will say, though, that one of the most popular um, podcast genres for women is true crime. So you, you, you also have some women watch, uh, listening with you. Uh, Don, it's David Faber. Um, you know, uh, you guys are clearly in the market to spend what, what it takes to secure talent you think is going to help, uh, help subscriptions. Um, Howard Stern, his deal's not that far off, if I'm not incorrect. He's an awfully large name out there. I mean, would you guys go as far as, as trying to compete for talent like that? Well, I can't comment on, on Howard's uh, deal, but you know, I can say that we look at who is the largest in, in the podcast area. And some of the deals that we've made are with talent that we really believe have a, a, a will, will either or already exist, have, have a big uh, following in this space. So although Howard is great, I know that he um, has been tied to another company. But when you look at some of the deals that, that we have made, um, you know, we do believe that the companies that we've bought and the, the talent that we're, we've brought onto the platform will help us become the number one audio platform in the world. Uh, Don, when it comes to your deals with the record companies, the likes of Warner Music, for example, which we know 30% of its revenues or 27% or are Spotify and Apple together, um, are those deals simply licensing deals where you're just paying as a result of playing the music or are they getting a percent of your subscription fee? Because I wonder if that's the case and your subscription Subscriptions are going up as a result, not of music, but of podcasting. Would you need to rework some of those deals? Well, the, one of the reasons why we got into the podcast business is because we believe that there's a lot of growth opportunity on the podcast side. And when you think about our monetization, David, you know, we 90% of our monetization is on the subscription side but 10% is on the ad side. And we do think that there's real growth opportunity for us in the ad space, particularly with podcasts. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a business that has not uh, been modernized. There's no digital access um, to data and to, um, to, to uh, audience analytics for the advertisers. So that's been uh, a real focus for us in updating all of the different ways in which there can be transparency on the ad side in the podcast business for growth. Yeah, Dawn, there had been a, th a thought that with people in lockdown, uh, it, your company would do poorly because what you love and people listen in the car. That turned out not to be true. It turned out that COVID somehow just shifted your, your listeners. How did you weather this? Yeah, it was very interesting. You know, we have a, an interesting business model, which we call freemium. It's a free tier and a subscription tier. And so many times, you know, we'll see users come in through the free tier and then convert over to premium. We do have flexibility for the user. So if they want to convert back to free, they can. 
And what all of this flexibility has done is allowed us to see how the habits have shifted and changed, both in their user consumption, uh, as well as where and how and what they're listening to. So as an example, although a commute is usually a place where people listen to audio content, we now see that at home, they're listening on their consoles, their gaming consoles, which has really been a, a big uh, a big shift for us, as well as their smart speakers at home. And the kind of content they're listening to has really shifted. So we see them listening to everything from chill content, meaning you know chill music mm -hmm. or classical music. We see more uh, kids content being consumed. And we're, of course, seeing more wellness podcasts being listened to, in addition to all of the information podcasts that are you know, giving them information about COVID. As an example, Science Versus, which is one of our series, has Dr. Fauci on. Um, so we're seeing a big migration. But what's really interesting is we believe a lot of the changes in the habits will stick even after the world returns to normal. And we right. think this, this group listening will continue to be the trend. Okay, well, Dawn, uh, congratulations on all your success. Uh, double and also very exciting. We're big fans of Spotify at home. I think some of the other people on our set are too. Dawn Ostro, Spotify Chief Content Officer, thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you, Dave and Carl. Carl, back to you. All right, Jim, thanks so much. Uh, obviously, markets down once again uh, after a down day for the NASDAQ yesterday, snapping that eight-day win streak. Financials, though, uh, threatening to go green here as well as energy. We're back in a minute. Aerospace is a laggard today. Boeing's the uh, biggest Dow loser. Berenberg goes to sell with a 150 target. And now Delta says they're unlikely to add many more flights for the remainder of the year beyond what they have in August. We're back in just a moment. Getting some news on Beyond Meat. I think that's what Jim's going to look at and stop trading. Holy cow, Carl, uh, McDonald's, it looks like it's over. I mean, there's reports out of Canada saying that the trial is done and that McDonald's is not going to pursue it. Now, I spoke with McDonald's the other day and they said, you know, it's time will come, but it's clearly not here yet. Uh, it's rather surprising. And I know that, um, let's say that's a suboptimal decision for if you own the stock yeah. of Beyond Meat. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's been a busy week for uh, for alternative uh, meats. I mean, Beyond's got other deals going, uh, and certainly Starbucks Impossible, but this is a setback. Yeah, they have the Starbucks overseas, but in Impossible's got local because uh, uh, Beyond Meat's got uh, a relationship with Dunkin' Donuts. But, um, I, look, it was pivotal that McDonald's uh, take it, and obviously the, the trial did not succeed. I am surprised, uh, particularly because uh, the – uh, meat producers in the country have not distinguished themselves as, uh, 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 as I'm not going to pick on them because I've done that before. But, wow, uh, it's disappointing. Disappointing for Beyond Meat, for the planet, too, I would say. Yeah. I well, like Jim, that. what are you going to tackle tonight? Okay, we're going to go Winnebago. People didn't like the quarter. We're going to go Brunswick, can't get a boat. And then we're going to go Mark Benioff on the reopening of America. And uh, we have to be careful. The market is going. We've got these banks that are going up, and they better get the stress test saying that they can do their dividends and everything looks great because that's been one of the worst parts of this market other than the cruise lines and the airlines. Which uh, are not doing well once again today, yeah. Jim. We'll see you tonight. Looks okay, like a guys. good one. See you later. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.